I'm Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, and you're listening to Fifth Emission. At some point during this pandemic, you likely became afraid for someone you love or care about who is over the age of 65. We all have someone like that in our lives, whether it's a parent, grandparent, neighbor, or coworker. But what happens when the concerns of the under 65 set come across as condescending to the older generations? How far should younger concerned parents and grandchildren push their loved ones to stay at home and wait it out? Ryan Koss decided to figure out why this debate has hit our country with so little nuance. To do that, he turned to the person over 65 that he cares the most about, his mother. So Ryan, you were assigned to go out and do a story on the over 65 population and how they were responding to this ongoing, well, what are we at now, on the third month of sheltering in place. What did you think you were going to find when you asked people how they were coping? Yeah, well, originally, I thought this story was going to be something kind of completely different. We'd seen um, sort of a rash of um, people talking about whether or not we should prioritize the economy over life. And you had some really extreme comments being made by people like the lieutenant governor of Texas, who who literally said that um, he would be willing to sacrifice his life to kind of shore up the economy for his grandkids. And he thought a lot of older people would do that. Um, so the whole, the whole debate was kind of being framed in terms of, is it old people or is it the economy, um, to put it pretty bluntly. Um, as I started asking for sources though, I, I came to realize that there was a lot more nuance here and that those, those older and aging adults were really bristling sort of at being lumped into this 65 plus category. They just didn't think there was a lot of nuance there. Yeah. I, I, when I read your story, I was thinking about the the day we went into sheltering in place in the newsroom, when we shut the newsroom, I emailed everybody on staff over the age of 60 and said, I would really prefer if you did your work from home and don't feel the need to go out and report or take photos. And I think every single one of them told me to screw off. <laughs> and and I was really surprised because I thought I was, I, I was being very conscientious for their health and safety and they just were having none of it. And it seems like you found a lot of people who did not like being treated like fragile flowers. Yeah. I mean, I had that same conversation with my mom, I think, because we we started to shelter in place here in the Bay Area way before anybody else. And she lives out in Arizona. So I called and told her about what we were doing here. And I was pretty insistent for a week or two that she should stop going into the office where she works. Um, they haven't closed their office space and there's plenty of like physical distancing there. But uh, I, I think I was calling her every night basically to cajole her into uh, having somebody move her computer and desk to her house. And what I wasn't really understanding or taking time to understand was that she lives alone. She really needs to kind of get out of that house. Otherwise she just starts to go stir crazy. I, I feel like there's a huge generational divide here. And I maybe I just personally feel like this because I am Gen X and we have the younger children and the older parents and you have to negotiate with these two groups. But I, I guess probably every generation feels like they're being uniquely hurt in this pandemic. I think so. And I think what this conversation is doing is sort of making um, these existing issues more pronounced. You know, we've always had ageism. It's always been harder for older Americans to find work. 
Um, there have always been these stereotypes of what it means to be an elder or to be an older person. And I think that when you start talking about disease and sort of framing it as a strict age continuum, that that brings to ground a lot of the issues that have been underlying. I, I We're going to listen to a recording that you did with your mom. And and when I, when I first heard it, it made me think about when I called my parents. And when this whole thing went down, they were on vacation. And, and I thought, you guys are crazy. You need to get home right now. Don't go see your grandkids for a while. Stay away from everybody. And they said, yes, yes, we're going to. And the next night, I FaceTime my brother and everybody's over there. <laughs> And I, and and I was really mad about that for a little while and but it took maybe the third month of quarantine or shelter in place for me to realize if this goes on for a year that's a long time when you're nearing your end end of expected life. I mean, I understand why if you don't know how much more time you have for whatever reason, you don't want to spend it cooped up inside. Yeah, that's what one of the experts said to me, too. Basically, um, you know, those years become so much more valuable the fewer of them you have. And so to tell somebody who is, you know, even in their 60s or somebody who's in their 80s or 90s that they have to waste these retirement years, these years when traditionally you're you're kind of able to do all those things that you've been wanting to do. You don't have to do your daily job. You don't have kids in the house. And, and now suddenly you can't do any of that, I think, is is kind of a gut punch. I think your mom does a really great job of explaining her point of view and why she is not staying put. Let's listen to that conversation right now. My name is Barb Cost. I live in um, Chandler, Arizona. And more importantly, you're my son. <laughs> um, well, when you first started seeing some of the statistics come out that said that you know, people who were 65 and older were the most vulnerable. Um, how did that make you feel and what was your reaction? At first, I was a little worried and nervous about it, especially because of you, who kept asking me not to go to work and setting up my computer at home. And then I got a little scared. But then I realized um, I have a girlfriend that came to visit me. She left on she came February 29th and they left on March 4th, two of them. One of them has not been out of their house since then. The other one has gone to the store a couple times. And the one that has not been out of her home has asthma really bad and respiratory problems. So I understand that. But I feel like actually I'm really healthy. I'm rarely sick. And I do use precautionary measures to leave my house. And I make sure I have on a mask when I go somewhere. And I try to keep my distance from people, for myself and for them. So I, I think uh, you wrote an article, actually, and it kind of described that not everybody is exactly the same. And because I don't have any underlying health problems, I guess I felt a little more secure than, like, my girlfriend who hasn't left her home. Right. Well, so there was a time when I, I think I, I had my freak out. COVID moment. Um, and I was definitely leaning on you hard to move <laughs> your office home. Um, for a split second, I think I even thought about calling my cousin and just <laughs> telling him that he had to do it, <laughs> overstepping my bounds. Um, how did that make you feel and what was going through your mind while we were having those back and forths? 
Well, I think when I found out that you were going to call your cousin, I, at first my reaction was, I was a little upset, like you would really do that. Um, and I understood your concern and I appreciate it and I still appreciate your concern, but I feel like I'm still an adult here. I, I still have all my faculties with me and I feel like I can make that decision and make a good decision or I wouldn't have done it. So, I mean, I, I don't want to die and I don't want to be around people that I think I could give them something. So I, I understand how serious this is. You hear it 24-7 on the news. But I don't know. I still need to go to work and still feel like I'm a part of something instead of just sitting at home. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, I think um, when my editor gave me this story, I wasn't really sure what I was going to find in it. But in reporting it, I think I definitely understood better where you were coming <laughs> from. Um, I mean, I know that you got to read an early draft of it. I wonder what you thought as you read through it. No, I, I thought, I think it's excellent. I think that you covered all bases. And I think basically they said the same thing that, you know, we have to be responsible. That's for sure. But I also understand that um, there's so many people out there that have lost their lives, but there's so many people out there that have lost their jobs that need their jobs back. That's what scares me. And I think that they need to be careful on what they're opening. I, you know, the state of Arizona, the governor said that we can open up casinos and restaurants are opening back up and bars are opening back up and public swimming pools are opening back up. And I don't think that that's necessary. I think that they're making a huge mistake doing that. But if they open them, you know, part of me understands why they are. I think that everybody just needs to be a little more considerate and careful. But I'm not going to go to a public pool. I'm not going to go to the casino. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Or not. So I think it's just a matter of choice and, you know, what you're going to do. You're listening to reporter Ryan Cost and his mother discussing her decision to go to work during the pandemic. We will be right back after this break. You're back listening to Fifth and Mission. Let's return to Ryan Cost's interview with his mother, Barb. Do you wish maybe we would talk about those like vulnerable populations and maybe like clearer terms rather than just saying, oh, you're 65 and older. So, you know, stay home. <laughs> yeah, because I have our my neighbor that lives across the street, her and her husband are 70. And uh, we walk a couple days a week, but she basically has not left her home. And she's pretty healthy, but her husband is going through chemo. So they're being extra precautious, which they should be. And I can see why Sandy's not leaving her home. So I think it's just depends on what your health is, what you're going through, if you have asthma or respiratory problems or what. So I think, yeah, that there's a fine line between just saying you're 65, stay home. You know, there's also a lot of kids out there and teenagers now that are getting it that they didn't think before would. 
do you, I mean, when you see um, on the news and they just kind of flat out say that anybody 65 and older is at an increased risk, does that bother you or does it irk you at all? Um, I don't know if it necessarily irks me. Uh, it's someone, it's somewhat bothers me, but yet I, uh, but I, but I appreciate, you know, that they're, they're doing that except I think that they're missing out on it's affecting everybody. And I know at the beginning they thought that it was the elderly that was at higher risk. And, and that's probably a hundred percent true, but that doesn't mean that now they're saying all these little guys in the hospital and coming down with things that is from this. So I don't know. We just don't have enough information right now. You know, and I think that they're trying to keep everybody safe. And I, um, to me, it's sad to go into a store and see uh, people walk in there without masks. And I think that's being disrespectful to each other when they do that. But um, I guess if they needed to, you know, I don't even know how to put this, but I have a friend whose mom lives in California and she's in a retirement building. And right now, they just—they don't even go together in the cafeteria. The food is brought into the each room, and they can no longer play cards and they can no longer socialize. And she is 89 years old, and she is really depressed. I mean, she has gotten really depressed, and no one knows what to do for her because they can't go down and visit her. They can't do anything. And she um, actually, Rich said the other night that he noticed her memory is diminishing and a lot of that could be just from depression and anxiety of what's going on yeah i mean it does seem like aging and older i mean specifically people in um long-term care facilities and and senior homes and, and stuff like that that this presents a really specific challenge as far as interaction yeah. and then yeah yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful, you know, that I have my own home and that I'm here and that I can still drive and go to work. But um, I could see, I, I think if I just had to stay here as as nice as it is, um, I would be, I would go through the same thing. But I, I feel awful for those people. And I don't know how you can help them. Well, I'm wondering what, as Arizona opens up and as the rest of the United States opens up, how are you thinking about going back into the world and I think I will still be very cautious. I don't think that I would be going, not that I go to that many casinos anyway, but I, I would not go to a casino. I would not go to the gym to work out. Um, I'm not so sure I'd even go get my nails done. I think until they can come up with some kind of, um, until they can come up with enough tests and figure out who, you know, there's no reason on taking chances of going out there. And I think that we're opening up a whole can of worms if people start doing that. And, you know, I, I feel like that people have been careful and now they're just tired of it. So I, I could see us back to where we were when this first started again. And then we have to start all over. So. Ryan, um, after listening to that whole interview, how do you come down on this? I mean, did your mom ease your fears or are you still just as afraid as you were 
two months ago for her? Well, I think, I mean, my fears have reduced a little bit, I think in part just because of, you know, we're going on three months of this. So you can only be at, you know, threat level five for so long. But also I think we we have this tendency when it's people we love to kind of want to make them as safe as possible. And what I wasn't really understanding, I think, is just how hard it was for my mom to be at home by herself um, during this time. And, you know, she's she is an adult. She can make her own decisions. She knows how to evaluate risks. She is still taking all of the recommended safety um, precautions as far as masks and hand washing and physical distancing and things like that. So, you know, I, I just have to I have to trust her. And I think that that is, you know, part of seeing somebody else as an equal um, and, and not condescending to them. But but, you know, you can trust your mom, but can you trust all of the other people that she's around all the time? And that that's what gets me is like, it's not about you, mom or dad. It's about all the other people I don't trust. No, yeah, I, I think that's a good point. And I think, you know, she um, she has kept it pretty close to, I think there's one friend that she goes on socially distanced walks with around the neighborhood. Um, and she knows what her lifestyle is like. And then there's another set of friends who I know that she's seen in open spaces again with the requisite um, distance between them and with face masks. And she knows, you know, who they're around. So I think in the same way that anybody would make those calculations, she's doing that knowing, you know, with as much information as possible as she can have. So I have to trust that, that she, you know, will act safely and prudently. And it's, it's not up to me to sort of, parent her or restrict her. So have you both come to terms with your decision at the end of the day? So, I mean, I I do really, really trust her. I think she understands, um, you know, why I was a little bit concerned, but also I think she, I think she just also knows herself and she knows what risks she can take and she's pretty clear eyed about it all. Um, yeah, so I think I'm I'm much less stressed out about it, and I think that she is pretty grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> it must be a really weird feeling when your children grow up and they have this tendency to want to keep you safe. That must be a really odd feeling. Yeah, and I think it's one that we all go through. I know she talked about her mother and how um, as she was getting older, I think, I don't know, 83 or so, they had a conversation about, you know, if you ever need to move to a... Um, to to a senior group home or something along those lines, we can we can do that. But ultimately, they left it up to her mom, who you know lived her entire life independently in her home um, and could do everything that she needed to to get through the day. I think, yeah, th- there is that kind of twist, but ultimately, you just have to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Well, Ryan, I I want to meet your mom even more than I did before this podcast after listening to her. Uh, What an awesome family you have. And uh, good luck to all of you and especially your mom. Yeah, thanks so much, Audrey. I appreciate it. Thank you to reporter Ryan Cost and his mother, Barbara, for being on the podcast today. Thank you to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. 
You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 